Hello, everyone. This is Rhonda. Welcome to Hope Is Here podcast. And this is episode number three of season two. I do apologize. It's been a little over a couple of months since I did my last episode, but I will tell you why. I am a first-time grandma. So we welcomed our grandson into this world on February 16th, and I've been helping my daughter out as much as I can and, you know, just doing the Nana things and um, just loving every minute of it. So I finally have this um, window of catching my breath and getting caught up on some things, and um, I wanted to pop on here and and uh, talk about the stronghold of anxiety. So if you've been listening to the episodes this year, um, you'll know that I wanted to take 2021, at least the first part of it, and expose strongholds and then help you navigate your way through demolishing them. The scriptures actually encourage us to demolish them, to tear them down. Um, But before we tear them down, we have to expose them and we have to see what um, the scriptures, what Jesus says uh, about how to do that. And so I'm going to expose anxiety, that stronghold. So before I get started, I want to talk about the word overcome because we hear that a lot. We hear a lot of people say, we're going to overcome this stronghold or I've overcome that. And you need to know the context of what they're saying when you hear those words. Overcome in the Bible or when we talk about overcoming a stronghold, you have to realize that that is like, um, I think the term is present active participle, if my memory serves me right. And what I'm trying to say is, Overcome doesn't mean it's over, finished, won't ever bother you again. Overcome in the context of what we're doing with our strongholds is an ongoing thing. It's part of our journey. And I I don't say that to discourage you. I actually say that to encourage you because I don't want you to think you're crazy. If you are actually starting to feel free in a certain stronghold of your life, and then it keeps coming at you and it's bothering you. I don't want you to feel like it's you. I don't want you to feel um, ashamed or guilty, or I don't want you to doubt or get discouraged that you're doing something wrong. Um, As long as you're doing what the word tells you to do, you are going to get more freedom in in overcoming. And I say that as as an ongoing verb in overcoming the stronghold. What I want to do in this episode and, and the other episodes as well is I want to help you navigate through the how to overcome process and your stronghold. I will share with you that I suffered myself with anxiety. Um, When I dealt with anxiety, I was a brand new believer. So I had basically the faith for my salvation, but I had nothing built on top of that foundation. I just had enough to get me from earth to heaven. (laughs) That's all I had. I had nothing, nothing to build on it for this life that would give me any kind of freedom. So when I was dealing with my anxiety, at first I didn't even know it was anxiety. I didn't know what it was, where I would have a shortness of breath or my heart would race. I would get really clammy or sweaty. Um, Sometimes I would get really dizzy. I'd feel like I'm gonna pass out. And it happened one day at work. It was happening over and over. It was was very cyclical. But um, I remember this one day I was working, I I worked at a bank as a um, mortgage underwriter and I was processing through the paperwork and these symptoms came on again. And one of my coworkers is like, you know, if you're having these symptoms, I'm not, that's pretty bad. It could be your heart. You need to get in and get, get it checked. And so I got into the doctor that afternoon and 
as he is assessing me, he starts asking me questions about my personal life or about things that I may be struggling with emotionally. And I'm thinking, you know, dude, this is my heart. You should probably put some kind of monitor on me. <laughs> and as he's asking me these questions, um, he starts to actually diagnose me with anxiety. Now he diagnoses me with this. I immediately think, oh my gosh, I am a crazy person. There's something wrong with me. You know, back then anxiety wasn't talked about a lot. I mean, depression and anxiety, if you had that, you pretty much kept it to yourself. Um, I don't know if that was common or not, but that's, that's what I grew up in. And of course, if there was therapy or counseling or anything like that, that you, um, should have actually, um, taken part in, no one discussed that either. You know, that was either hard to find or you just didn't talk about it with people. And so that's what I mean when he diagnosed me with anxiety, I thought I was a crazy person and I thought I was the only one feeling this way. And so I just want to encourage you that you are not crazy if you are feeling this way, that it is okay to ask for help. I always find that one of the best groups of people to talk to are those who have actually experienced it or are currently experiencing it. I mean, there's nothing that can bring you encouragement than talking to someone who really understands how you feel, who really empathizes with you. And I did not have that. And again, like I said, I had just become a believer in Christ. So I wasn't encircled with a bunch of Christians or, or anybody that could point me to a support group. I was going solo. I wish at that time I had someone who could have come alongside of me and told me what Jesus said about anxiety and the ways that he taught to, to bring us through it and to get us free. But like I said before, that, that kind of help wasn't available. And if it was, it was so discreet and so hard to find. So I encourage you, find someone to talk to, find someone to open up to. There, I'm sure there are freedom classes um, you can check out at local churches, search out ministry groups that, that minister to those who, um, who have anxiety, seek professional help if you need to. You are not alone. Now, switching to what Jesus said about it, there are multiple places I could take you in the scriptures that talk about anxious thoughts and getting free. But I'm going to focus on one chapter in the book of Philippians, and that's chapter four. If you, in fact, suffer with anxiety, this is the chapter you can start focusing on. Read chapter four and reread it multiple times, but don't just read the words. Feel the heart of Jesus in the words. Feel his compassion for you. Feel his longing to set you free in this chapter. You know, this chapter is the Apostle Paul's testimony about his anxiety. And if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, he knew a lot about suffering, but he also knew a lot about freedom and how to receive it. Paul opens up the chapter, uh, this is chapter four, by encouraging us to be anxious for nothing. And then he walks us through things that we can do that actually set us free. Now, you have to know that all of these words that Paul is speaking were, were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So what Paul is saying is from God, and Paul's testimony proves that this navigation system really works. This method you can take to the bank. He encourages us to be anxious for nothing. And when we do feel anxiety coming on, to immediately pray about it, to cast it to the Lord, to give it to him, throw it to him. And then right after that, Paul encourages us to thank the Lord for it. And what he means by that is when we when we give him thanks, we're actually saying that we trust him, that we trust him, that he's heard us and that he's going to take care of us. 
and he's going to take care of this situation. We trust him that he has a solution for whatever it is that's causing us to be anxious. And then Paul says, don't stop there. He says, start to put into practice thinking good thoughts in your mind. So thinking on good reports, the thing that the Lord has done um, for you in the past, where he has brought you a solution before or brought you a healing. Think of virtuous things. Think of noble things, that true things. Um, think of holy things, pure things, things, that, things that, um, that God has been involved in that you see his goodness and his glory and his solution. And those are the things that Paul encourages us to um, to practice thinking on. And you know what? It's actually been scientifically proven that when we start to practice thinking on these thoughts, that our brain actually creates new neural pathways. And the more we practice these kinds of thoughts and create new neural pathways, then our old neural pathways that have the negative and anxious thoughts will actually start to dissipate. This is why we read in the Bible in Romans 12, um, 2, verse 2, that we are to renew our mind constantly. It's like science is finally catching up with the Bible. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, Paul finishes up chapter 4 by explaining that he has lived in all kinds of seasons in his life. He's lived in seasons where he's lacked um, a lot. So he's lacked food, money, and other essentials. And then he spent seasons where he has had an abundance and in verse 13 of this chapter, he says that it doesn't matter what season he was in and all those seasons and all of them, he was strengthened by Christ. And it's that familiar verse that we hear often of um, Philippians 4, 13, where I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And actually things right there means seasons when you look at it in the original language that it was written in. So Paul is saying here, look, I've been anxious. I know what anxiety feels like. If anybody knows it, it's me. And he's he's encouraging us that when we feel the anxiety, that we immediately give it to Jesus. And then we thank him for helping us through it and helping us out of it. And then he encourages us to start renewing our mind, thinking on those good reports, those holy things, those true things that Jesus has showed us. And then it won't matter what season of life we are in, we'll always be strong enough to be an overcomer and feel the freedom that Jesus died for. Paul also identifies the peace that we can receive when we put these things into practice. In fact, there's at least two different times he mentions it in this chapter that when we practice this, that the peace of God will actually guard our hearts and guard our minds and that peace will be with us. And Jesus actually told us this himself in John 14. He said, look, I'm going to leave you this peace that the world can't give you. It's a peace that only I can give you. And the reason he's telling us that is because it's the only kind of peace that's sustainable for us. And Paul is saying, look, I felt it. I felt the anxiety and I went through the process and I felt the peace. And he is a living testimony. Let me encourage you. There is not one problem in this world that God does not have a solution for. And that's worth repeating. There is not one problem in this world that God does not have a solution for. But what anxiety tells us is, uh-oh, there's a problem and there's no solution. And that is a lie from the enemy. And so whether we have the solution or not, at that moment, it's okay. Because we know that God has the solution and we know that if we give it to him, we can trust him to either reveal the solution to us or take care of the problem for us. He's going to do something. He's going to intervene because it's what he loves to do. He does not want you to have anxiety. That's not your story. 
He wants to give you power, love, and a sound mind. He said he did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a sound mind. And sound mind, that comes out of 2 Timothy, um, I think it's one chapter 1, verse 7. And what a sound mind means in Greek in that verse, it means safe thinking. He gave you safe thinking. He didn't give you anxious thoughts. He gave you safe thinking. He also knows that there's a there's a stress that can come over a human being that can cause a physical ailment. Do you know that Jesus even experienced that himself? In Luke chapter 22, Jesus is on the way to the cross. He is in a lot of stress. He's in a garden. He has his disciples with him and he asks them to pray for him because he is getting ready to accomplish something he wants to accomplish, but he knows it's going to be really difficult. And it's something that your mind and my mind can't even wrap around. We can't even begin to imagine the, the physical pain that he is going to endure as he heads to the cross. And so as he's in the garden and he's pondering this and he's thinking this, he is so full of stress and anxiety that he actually starts to sweat blood. This is an actual medical condition. I'm probably going to botch the pronunciation of this, but I believe it's pronounced hematidrosis. Hematidrosis, I think is how it's pronounced. It's H-E-M-A-T-I-D-R-O-S-I-S. And I think that's how you pronounce it. But it's a real medical condition where when your body suffers extreme stress or anxiety, there's these capillaries under your skin that actually bust and blood actually comes through your pores. And that's where they get the term sweating blood. And this is a real thing that happened to Jesus in the garden before he um, endured the cross, the crucifixion, and, and everything that led up to that. You know, I got to tell you, I had a night not too long ago where um, I had a phone call in the middle of the night, and it was just something that would have just 20 years ago put me into a spiral of panic attacks. I had been spending so much time trusting the Lord and seeing him show up in my life, in my anxiety over and over and over again, I literally went through the motions of getting out of bed, putting my clothes on, going up to my car, starting my car, getting on the highway and driving. And in the, the same time, I'm just talking to God and I'm like, you've got this. I know you have this. Jesus paid for this. He paid for our sin on the cross. He paid for our sickness on the cross. You've got this. And I just kept saying it out loud as I was driving. And this peace was just coming over me from God. It was just incredible. But what I was feeling from God in my heart was... Rhonda, the reason you have this is because you've been spending time in my word. You've been meditating on these truths and these scriptures, and you've been doing what I told you to do. You've been thinking and remembering those good reports, those, those things that are truthful and virtuous, and, and, and you've been meditating on those things. So when this phone call came to you, Rhonda, you knew what to do with it. You knew to give it to me, but you knew how to meditate. And not only that, but he reminded me of Luke 22. He reminded me of when he was in the garden going through all the stress and anxiety. He said, Rhonda, I didn't just take your sin and your sickness upon me when I poured my blood out on the cross. I poured my blood out before I even went to the cross because I was anxious. I took your anxiety from you. I did that in the garden before I even went to the cross. And I was overwhelmed I was overwhelmed at that moment. I'm like, Lord, that's why you said be anxious for nothing because you even took care of that for us. Did I 
feel anxiety that night? Absolutely. Absolutely. It came at me. I'm, I'm not immune to it, but I took it captive. I took what anxiety was trying to tell me. I took that narrative. I took it captive in my hand and I held it up to the truth of God. And I said, no, not tonight because I know what my promise is. I know what Jesus is going to do. I may not know the play-by-play, but I know that he has promised to walk me through this and walk me out of it. He's done it too many times. He's done it over and over. It's what he loves to do. I want to leave you with um, verses from Psalm 138, and I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Verses 7 and 8. By your mighty power, I can walk through any devastation. And you will keep me alive, reviving me. Your power set me free from the hatred of my enemies. Now, King David is writing this psalm. And of course, he's talking about the enemies that are coming after him to try to kill him at this time. But you and I both know we have a real enemy that's, um, that is Satan. And there are principalities and powers of darkness that are always trying to come against believers, always try to get us to believe a different narrative other than God's. And so those are our enemies. So his power, his word sets us free from the power of the enemy. And then in verse eight, it says, you keep every promise you've ever made to me. Since your love for me is constant and endless, I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you've begun in me. I love that part. And I believe it's in the New King James Version. I think that verse reads, um, you will perfect those things that concern me. And that's just what God loves to do. He loves to give us solutions to um, to our problems. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be hopeful because with the knowledge of the truth of God, we can actually start to tear down the stronghold of anxiety and we can start to feel the freedom that Jesus died for. Be blessed and I'll be talking to you soon.